This is Embodied. I'm Rose Mencicano. In the last episode of this series, I talked about feelings and about how I'm beginning to learn how to really let myself experience them and experience them in my body. But my relationship to my body is a big factor in that. Most of us are conditioned to judge our bodies, which makes it a lot harder to live in them peacefully. That certainly happened to me. To begin to tell you that story, I need to take you to my high school. It's halfway through Spanish class. I am 15. I'm conjugating verbs in my textbook, listening to the students around me whisper. Then, a finger poking the side of my thigh, and a voice. Your ass is huge. I turn my head towards it and see a girl with shoulder-length dirty blonde hair sneering at me. This girl has never liked me, didn't like me all through junior high, and here we are, sitting next to each other across a narrow aisle. She pokes my upper thigh again. This happened over and over. The same kinds of comments, the same poking. Your ass is huge. Your ass is huge. Your ass is huge. My body, the flesh and blood and fat and bone of me, didn't change on that day. But she pointed out that something about it was wrong. The wrong size, the wrong shape, the wrong proportion. And I believed her. This was one moment in a series of moments where I let what another person thought about my body determine how I thought about my body. The next year, I'm 16. I'm a part of a musical, dance captain of a group of about 50 teenagers. The choreographer is off with the leads, so I'm in charge. I'm demonstrating a section of the choreography. Everybody is watching me. I feel powerful, present. I've danced since I was three, and I've always loved it. When we're done rehearsing that number, everyone goes off to get water and snacks from the green room. A few guys approach me. I've known them since the start of high school. We are supposedly friends, but they're also the ones who spearhead most of the racist jokes made at my expense. Jokes I tolerated because I didn't know I was allowed to not be okay with them. The boys are sniggering. One of them looks at me and says, I couldn't focus on what you were doing while you were dancing. Your leggings were too... distracting. He eyes the lower half of me and then turns to the others. They're all laughing. I think I probably just grimaced and walked away but I might have forced myself to laugh, too. After all, there was nothing surprising about that interaction. But as I walked away, I felt... strange. I knew by that point that comments like that were supposed to be flattering in some way, that I had been attractive, and wasn't that the goal to attract boys? If I had told anyone at the time, which I definitely didn't, I probably would have gotten... Ooh, maybe he likes you. 
So, what was this deflation in my chest? I felt like a popped balloon, no longer powerful or in control. What I'm able to see now, years later, is that, in a single breath, that boy turned me from leader to object, flesh encased in leggings, something to be ogled, not taken seriously. Both the boy and the girl who poked me made my body feel more important than anything else I had to offer. Those moments were just two moments where other people tried to discipline my body. As a teenager, I learned that being attractive would make me worthier. Worthier of attention, of praise, of love, of being seen for who I was. And being unattractive would do the opposite. But what I'm most interested in is how I internalized other people's judgments, and how I began to think about myself. Back then, when I thought about my body, I was totally focused on how other people were seeing my body. I was so worried about how my body might appear that it was like I was a spectator, viewing myself from the outside, like from a third-person perspective. Let me give you an example. For a period of time in high school, definitely after the poking, but for more reasons than that, I thought my thighs were too large and therefore unattractive. So I became particularly concerned with how my thighs might look to outside eyes. And I thought that my thighs looked the biggest when I was wearing shorts, sitting down with my thighs pressed into a chair. So I realized that when I sat, instead of letting my feet press flat into the floor like normal, I could lift my heels up so only my toes were touching the floor. Raising my heels like that raised my thighs up too, so they weren't fully pressed into the chair. Then, since they wouldn't be pressed down and out, they wouldn't look as large to outside eyes. This behavior became mostly autopilot for me. I did it a lot of the time when I was sitting down in public, like when I was in class. Especially if somebody was looking at me. It became normal for me to sit this way. Normal to not let myself fully relax. And it wasn't just my thighs, I was also very concerned about how my stomach might appear to outside eyes, too. I could tell many more stories like this one. And why did I think I needed to be smaller? Instead of just seeing myself, I was comparing myself to an ideal body image in my head, and I would never measure up. All of this, this hyper-awareness of my appearance, thinking from this third-person perspective, and fearing others' opinions and comments, all of this caused me so much anxiety. I felt stifled, stuck, penned in. But it felt normal. Research shows that this is not an uncommon experience for girls and women. In fact, it's a common experience. The fancier term for what I'm talking about right now, about viewing myself from this third-person perspective, is objectification theory. That theory was coined by two researchers, Barbara Fredrickson and Tommy Ann Roberts, back in 1997. They argued that the way that the media emphasizes women's beauty and attractiveness over any of their other traits leads women to think of themselves in this way first as well, 
valuing their bodies for their attractiveness. This effect can be even more complex and compounded for women of color, who may also struggle with the harmful effects of racism and beauty standards based on white and Western ideals. Men, on the other hand, are not taught this particular value system. In general, the media and our society don't teach men that their physical attractiveness is their primary value. So men tend to do less third-person perspective thinking. They tend to value their bodies more so for their physical abilities and effectiveness, what their bodies can do, not how their bodies look. Okay, so what do I do with all of this? Well, I've personally been working on changing how I think about my body. Because it's not that I want to think about my body less or pay less attention to it, I just want to pay attention to it in totally different ways. I want to think less about how my body looks, and I want to think more about how my body is able to move. But I don't only want to think about my body's physical effectiveness. I also want to think about how my body feels. And how it feels when I move. How my body lets me experience the world. And I also want to pay attention to my feelings and how my emotions sit in my body. So, how does it feel to move? Okay. Maybe this. I'm running when it starts to rain. First just a few drops, then harder suddenly. My legs and face are wet. My muscles stretch and expand as I run. I'm soaked in minutes, water in my eyes. I run harder, laughing, mouth wide. Another. I'm dancing in a public garden with my friend. We're playing music we love as loud as we can and just moving our bodies however we want. It's evening, golden hour, and there's a cool breeze on my bare arms. I feel loose and playful and relaxed. People sometimes pass on a nearby path, but when I see them, I just smile. I feel alive and electric. My laugh is a shout of joy. Another. I'm stretching on my yoga mat. Light streams in from the sliding glass door in front of me. I can twist my body, feel my muscles tense and then relax. When there's discomfort, I breathe into it and hold the pose anyway. I feel the stiffness in my legs ease and the pressure in my chest lessen. Since I've become more aware of how I learn to objectify myself, I've been on a journey of unlearning. But how do I actually shift my thoughts and stop valuing myself for my appearance? Is focusing on how my body feels and moves all I need to do? It might be, but it's all about the mindset that I'm doing it in. These feelings and thoughts about my body are complex, and in the past they've involved a lot of shame. And changing our thoughts is really difficult, if not impossible, if we're shaming ourselves. So although everything I've laid out here, refocusing on how my body moves and feels instead of how it looks, is so good and so helpful for me, I need more. 
But what else is there? Well, here is the biggest thing. I can't heal how I think about my body without healing how I think about my whole self. This is a full healing process. Before, how I thought about myself relied on what other people thought about me. Now I am working on separating those things. I'm not saying that no one else will ever objectify me again or judge my body. What I'm saying is that what I think and feel about myself is ultimately the most important thing. I want to be more stable, more secure in my worth, so that if and when someone says something upsetting to me in any way, it doesn't rock me to my core or negatively impact how I feel about myself the way it might have when I was a teenager. So what I'm saying here is that changing how I feel about myself is the thing that will change how I experience life the most. The more secure I am overall in my self-worth, the more sure I will be that my value is not based on my attractiveness and the happier and freer I'll feel. You've been listening to the second episode of Embodied. In the next episode, I'll keep exploring how I'm learning to value my body and myself in new ways. All of the information I've discovered so far can help me create change in my life, help me find more peace and contentment. It can be empowering. But for all of that to really work, I need to be compassionate with myself. And compassion is a practice that I can get better at. So that's what I'll talk about next time.